What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 487, I think is what we're on. That makes about uh, as much sense as it could in my brain right now of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week. You should know by now what that is, but if you don't, it's our breakdown of the rumors and the news and the gossip and the current events and anything else that's gone down in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about and just kind of rounding the week out with. I am Tony Mango. I've got with me Robert E. Felice. Oh, God, it's the last week before the last week before <laughs> the last week before, before the last that. week. <laughs> yeah. The WrestleMania week is just uh, upon us. I've gotten, uh, I don't know, I, I spent about two and a half weeks already preparing for it, and I'm behind on my work. But you, but you did your best, and uh you know, the names of superstars. So that's... Yeah, you know. You're ahead of some people. <laughs> <laughs> what we got going on here is our usual breakdown of stuff. We've got actually quite a bit of hot tags to talk about that aren't even getting too much into the WrestleMania stuff. We're going to save a lot of that for the actual WrestleMania predictions later on in the week. And, you know, we're going to break down our full thoughts on that and takeover and everything. But we'll, we'll touch upon a little bit of some things here and there. And all the other things, because actually some of the stuff goes back practically till last week, and we're just getting around to talking about it now. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind everybody that we want to know what you have to say about these topics as well. So don't just listen to us. Chime in with your thoughts. Drop them in the comments below on YouTube in particular. That's the best way for you to do it. But you can also tweet at us, either at our personal accounts of Tony Mango and Dude Felice or at Smart Moment. Post something on the Facebook page, on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs. You can put something up on the pages on smartgummama.com. And if you are, by the way, over on the YouTube side of things, and while you're there, if you're enjoying this, hit the like button, hit the share button. If you think anybody that uh, you can think of anybody that would be wanting to listen to this as well, hit the applause button if you feel so inclined to, you know, toss a couple of bucks our way. It's kind of a spare change, like tip jar sort of thing. There's also the join button, which is the same kind of functionality as the Patreon. Patreon.com slash moment. I keep saying this and I keep meeting it. I think that the $1 and the $5 tiers are a bargain for the amount of content that we are giving you guys each month. And if you want to make sure that we've got the motivation to keep doing that and to do more, then the way to help us grow is to do that. So hit up the Patreon. Take advantage of those. You will get access to some different tiers, depending on what the different things are. The more people that do it, the more I will bump the $10 tier down to the $5 tier. So you would even save some more money. So spread this word around. Get people to uh, to sign up for that stuff. And there's the Pick Your Poison tier, which if you checked back on our previous episode of Superstar Scores Kane, that was an example of what happens. Guess 5 had sponsored that episode. He said, how about you do this? And we said, yup, you're calling the shots. You sponsored it. So... We went ahead and took care of that. Check that out if you want to listen to our scores that we gave for Kane in the 0 to 100 range. And some of the ways that I like to try to give back in this kind of an idea is, for instance, something like the contest that we've got going on right now. You can win an NWO t-shirt. You can win an Edge Funko Pop. Or if you're over on fanboysanonymous.com, you can win a Baron Zemo Funko Pop. So check them out. I'm putting a little video up before this podcast, but if you're listening to the audio-only thing, then you wouldn't have heard that because I'm not putting that on the audio-only side. But take advantage of those entries when you can. 
There's lots of different ways that you can enter the pod, uh, the podcast. You can enter the podcast. Just go into our microphones. Uh, you can enter the contest in lots of different ways, lots of different times, even on the daily kind of side of things. So there's that happening right now. There's also the Smart Madness tournament. So vote on you uh, on your favorites between the big four. We're down to the big four in the final four, and that's gonna carry us Is this a little the best bit. Smart Madness tournament of all time. It might be my favorite. Just in the sense that, like, this is... If there was ever a seeded tournament where it's just like, this has to play out exactly like this. <laughs> yeah. It might be the one that makes the most sense at the very least, yeah. So what's against what's against what? Break down these semifinals. It is Royal Rumble against WrestleMania and SummerSlam against Survivor Series. That's how I would have done it, and I think it should come down to WrestleMania and Survivor and uh, SummerSlam. That's how I voted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so we're not necessarily telling you what you have to do. We're just no. saying, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense that the big four get to the final four. And when it comes down to Wednesday night, after NXT TakeOver is taken care of, when we're on the air for that post-show, that's when I will say, hey, look at this. This is what uh, the finals is. And then I'll switch that over and we'll be able to carry on to the finals for uh, WrestleMania weekend. And that is all happening up on the page on smartcatmoma.com. So, you know, if you start clicking on smartcatmoma.com, you're going to see a lot of different things going on right now. This is, this is a crazy time frame. So take advantage of the contests, vote on the smart madness thing, follow us on the Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Hit up the Patreon. I will plug more stuff later on. I know this is a lot to get into before we even start getting into it. So I'm going to hold off on plugging some of the other things until a little bit later on. And uh, I think we're going to start off with the hot tag that is the oldest at this point, which is about Charlie Caruso. We had mentioned before that she was seemingly in hot water and not going to be continuing on with WWE. And now we know for sure that she is gone from WWE. And that she has taken a full-time position at ESPN. So I don't know if this confirms any of the ideas of her having heat, but it does at least confirm that she has left WWE. And as sad as I am to see her go, congrats on taking that full-time position at ESPN. Um, Charlie had stated to... It wasn't ESPN, I don't think. It was a... Uh, one of the sporting websites, okay, and sports, sports, sports dot com. <laughs> yeah, and she said that there was no heat. They, they, they all just decided to go into a different direction, but that people will have their own stories regardless. I think that's objective, and that's a good way to put it. I like that her last thing ever on WWE programming <laughs> is saying, uh, "DP," you know, like. So she established that she likes DP before she took a full-time position. <laughs> that, that's exactly. <laughs> it's a softball. I had to say it. I mean, come on. <laughs> How could it possibly be soft after that? Oh, God. <laughs> These things write themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, so kudos to Charlie, and I hope she's happy in whatever she does next. I won't be seeing her because I don't watch ESPN, so that makes me sad. Yeah. Because Charlie's fun. Charlie is fun. Has uh, Kathy Kelly been doing? I, I haven't seen her pop up she's, in anything. She just started chilling in Hawaii. She's 
living her best life. Good for her. More people need to do that. More people need to be able to do that, I should say. Yeah, yourself included. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, I'll take like uh, 20 minutes where my back doesn't hurt or something. You know, that'll be a vacation for me. Patreon.com slash (laughs) Marco. We're not saying the money will make his back hurt less, but it might. It wouldn't hurt. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Let's move over to this story that I thought was very interesting. The reason that Charlotte Flair supposedly was originally pulled from WrestleMania was not because of the COVID situation, but that WWE's doctor mistakenly thought that she was pregnant. Uh, so Andrade revealed this. Yeah, Andrade just started going off the other day. It's just like, this is what so, I think about that. This is what happened behind the scenes with that. <laughs> yeah, he did a few of these where he's just like, yeah, and fuck this and fuck that. Yeah, and, that's uh, pretty great when the people do that. And yeah, he just revealed that they thought she was pregnant and then Charlotte's team confirmed it. So I guess they thought that she might have been pregnant. Which brings up something that I felt like it's just an interesting little thing here. This is becoming a running thing of pregnancy on the road to WrestleMania. Because if you think about it, Becky Lynch, you've got, uh, I, I actually, I don't remember for sure exactly when this happened, but Maria, I think was somewhere around the WrestleMania time. It might not be, it might've been like November now that I'm thinking about it, but there's that, uh, I guess like leading into it at the end of the year, you had um, Renee Young and Brandy Rhodes towards the very end of the year. It doesn't really count, but still. But you had Becky Lynch last year. You had Lacey Evans earlier this year. And then this thing with Charlotte. What's going on? <laughs> People celebrating a little too much around this time. Uh, I, I'm going to lean on what I've been saying since Becky Lynch. They got more time at home. Maybe that is it. Or maybe, you know what? It's like the universe was just like, I do not want that Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair match. And it's just kind of like, you're getting this blessing right now. You're not going to wait, you know, kind of thing. Because sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know, we can rearrange something until after WrestleMania or like, you know, Ronda Rousey was talking about how she wanted to start a family, but like, she kind of in her mind was like, let me get through WrestleMania and then we'll start doing that kind of a thing. But, um, we're starting to see an era now where like, yeah, pregnancy is just a thing. And like, I'm not sure if she could, did you see the statement she put out? I did, but I forget about it. Cause it's a couple days ago and I forget what I ate earlier for dinner. So. That's fair. She basically <laughs> said, um, yeah, it just makes me realize that, you know, woman's time is limited because we have certain, you know, basically saying, you know, at a certain age, your opportunity closes and it makes you realize how valuable this time in your life is. Mm. Biological to- uh, clock ticking kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Because I'm sure also- that there was at least some moments there of like, you know, that kind of like that rush of, oh, wow, this completely changes everything. And, you know. But she was also like, you know, career wise, too. Men don't have this issue. Yeah. That's just one of those interesting things. 
little tidbit of information. It it'll definitely be a big blow. Obviously, listen, personal life and starting a family is more important. And if she was pregnant, then congrats if that were the case. Yeah, congrats. But it's a blow. I don't think WWE's women's division could afford. And yeah, I know people feel some kind of way about Charlotte Flair, but they can't afford that blow. You think like uh, WWE gets this information? They do that thing that's in cartoons where they grab the edge of their collar and they go. <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah I do actually. Like <laughs> Charlotte is it, man. It's weird though, because if that's why they pulled her from WrestleMania, they haven't added her back to WrestleMania yet. So unless they plan on just in the last minute on Monday Night Raw, just being like, "By the way, she's in it. Screw it," which I really hope is not the case. Well, they've already taped it, so if she is, I think we would have heard by now. I haven't come across well, any spoilers at all, actually. The only spoilers that we've come across concern the women's tag team titles. I haven't even come across that. You know it? Well, we don't know the participants, but that's when they announced that. It was like, hey, night one, we're going to uh, do this. You don't know about like they, confirming if like uh, Carmella yeah, was teaming with Billy Kay or something? No. They kind of teased that tonight on SmackDown, which is weird well, to me. Carmella openly said on the bump, the world famous bump that everybody should watch. Shout out to Dan Volmer. Uh, that she wants to team with Bailey and Billy Kay in like a New Day style. Where they're just all the champions. Seems like a weird pairing to me. We I'm know sure Bay Mel is the thing, but Billy in there, you know. I think she wanted to call him what did Bay K Mella? Bay K Mella. Not a fan. <laughs> hey, it's better than some of the things that they suggested for the New Day originally, though. Remember that list? Yeah. <laughs> That's <was> bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're just like, oh, you're going to be, uh, KXE or whatever. Yeah, that was one of the suggestions. But then they had some that were really like there was one that was like referencing the Million Man March. Where it's just like, come on, who suggested this one? You know, like Read the room. Yeah. Just, you know, use some common sense here, pal. <laughs> I d I don't think they have it. Maybe they could be the submission sorority. <laughs> Or, you know, somebody will toss that out. They'll start pitching some other ideas that are like other triple X websites. They'll be like, uh, I know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, blank I'm blanking on something now. Uh, Brazzers is like, you could be that, you know? That'll be your team name. Anyway, let's talk about a name of something else. Let's talk about the fact that AEW continues its obsession. This is how I I've labeled it. AEW continues its obsession over casino gambling. and gambling phrases because their house shows that are coming soon are going to be called the house always wins, which is not only a mouthy title for that, but it also doesn't sound like a cool show. And my God, we get it. You love gambling. Stop it. I, I'm almost certain Tony Khan has a gambling addiction. It's gotta be at this point. Cause this is like the, the ninth thing that they've done based off of gambling. They've got the Casino Ladder Match, the Casino Battle Royale, technically speaking, the Casino Tag Team Royale, and the, you know, whatever, the different variations of that. You've got Double or Nothing, Deadly Draw Tournament, the uh, the House Always Wins, Sweevee. the <laughs> Banco, Sweevee, <laughs> you know? It's just, it's either that or it's the beach. That's it. So, at, at this point, if you're wondering what to get Tony Khan for his birthday or for Christmas or something, give him, I don't know, the... Uh, 
a pass to the beach and a couple of poker chips, you know? Big ones, like, you know. Like the uh, giant one that they uh, that Brian Cage got last year. Exactly. I, I like it. <laughs> I don't. It's fine. It's fine for a house show. The house always wins. It's just like you have an obsession. <laughs> you have an unhealthy gambling addiction, and I want you to get help, Tony. <laughs> Not you, Tony. Yeah, uh, I'm not a gambler. I, uh, the last time I went to a casino, I ended up $8 ahead after playing a slot machine for a few minutes. And I was like, I'm tapping out. And it was like, wait, what? You're doing that? I've lost a couple hundred dollars at this blackjack table and this poker table. And I'm like, yeah, that eight bucks paid for my lunch. I'm good. I came out on top. <laughs> you know, like, You're almost too sensible. <laughs> <laughs> sensible to a fault. One of those people that's like, damn him for being fair and reasonable. It's getting in the way. (laughs) I had pitched some other ideas of uh, some house-related terms on a post-up on the Wrestling News, I think is what it was. I'm trying to find it right now. That I was just like, you couldn't go with, even if you needed to go with something based off of the house name, you couldn't go with, okay, here it is. Now, I don't love all these, but I'm just saying if somebody said you had to make the house show named something house related, you've got open house, house call, rock the house, bring down the house or bringing down the house or the one that I would actually consider good rough house. Okay. I like rough house. AEW rough house. I like rough house. Give me a job. <laughs> it didn't take me long. I went to idioms and phrases. You go to Google, you type idioms and phrases house. Click on the first link and go, okay, it's a rough house. That'd be good. Three minutes. I like it. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of the house always wins. Uh, I want them at some point to make a follow up. The house always loses or something or, you know, the player always loses. Shemendifer, please. Just like I, I, I very much want to, just once do a casino with like you and Callum. Just we're gonna have to go to Callum, obviously, because he uh, doesn't like to travel or fly, rather. So we're you and I, we're going to England, and we're gonna lose <laughs> some money in Shemendifer. Because we'd just be the assholes that are there going Bonko cart, and they're like, shut the fuck up, you don't know how to play this game. <laughs> Sweetie. Sweetie. <laughs> <Just gonna> <laughs> wheat. <laughs> For anybody who has no idea what we're talking about, this is the type of stuff that we've been getting more and more into when it comes to the James Bond series because Bond plays a lot of Shemin Defer and Baccarat. So we are uh, currently, we're tomorrow, uh, this is uh, April 2nd when we're recording right now for the hot tags, but tomorrow we're going to be recording our review of A View to a Kill. For our series, a review to a kill <laughs> that uh, comes out every Friday. The most recent one earlier today was The Spy Who Loved Me. So check those out if you are interested in the slightest bit in the 007 franchise. And, you know, if you are interested in anything else that's happening over on fanboysanonymous.com, you can go over to that website and show some love there. Hit up the Patreon for that to make sure that we do more content there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, ring the little notification bell, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the follow button on all the different tiny things you can find over there. Check out the fan tracks that uh, we did last night for Godzilla vs. Kong. That was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that's top-notch film, and I'm sure that I'm one of the only ones. 
and it's just sealing the deal even more that we're going to do one of those for Mortal Kombat because that's got to be fun to watch that live and just see, you know, these stupid fatalities and everything. I agree. And we're also going to do a Mount Rushmore, but on the fanboy side of things, we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of Batman villains. Stay tuned for that one, too. You you know that Tony and I are looking forward to that. I, yeah. <laughs> we might put more energy and effort into that than anything we'll ever do on on a uh, Smart Guy moment. It might be more like energetic and fun than even WrestleMania coverage. <laughs> that is our WrestleMania coverage. Yeah, this is the the cherry on top of well, depending on how good WrestleMania week goes, if it's a Sunday, well, it's it's at least a Sunday for part of it for one of those days. Uh, all right, let's move on to <laughs> before I make some more stupid jokes. Um, I'll make some more. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let's go to the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title belt redesign. I am not a fan. I'm not surprised. Why am I not surprised? Because it's ugly. What, <laughs> all right. It looks it's like not, the Divas Butterfly belt to me. It looks like Cody's tattoo. Somebody put a yeah. tattoo over wow. it. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That really looks like that. It's uh, it's something. Let me tell you. Look, I wasn't into it, but then like they explained the history and the heritage, and I'm like, all right, fine. What is the backstory yeah. behind that? I didn't hear about any of that. So uh, let me. I'll pull it directly up from their website. Is this like the because way that the belt used to look like back in the day, or something? It's it's something like that. It's got like ties to the way it used to look, and and it's. That to me, at least that's a little bit better, but at the same time, just because it's old and it's classic doesn't mean it's better. I've gone on record of saying I absolutely hate the NWA championship, for instance, and that's been around for, I don't know, 700 years. Okay, so the history of the four generations of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship are acknowledged through the center plate. The upper part of the belt has a radial design, which recalls the original circular IWGP Championship design, while the upper profile of the belt carries the second-generation IWGP crown motif. On the plate itself, we see a pair of wings which represent those on the third generation of the belt, while the central lion mark brings to mind that on the fourth-generation belt. Meanwhile, the title side plates evoke the IWGP Intercontinental Championship design, because if you remember, they merged. Uh, Going into more detail... On the center plate, we see the concept of flight into the world at large. <laughs> okay, now we're getting into, you know. Hold on, hold on. Flight into the world at large. The lion mark on the, in the upper center represents the sun above and the earth below. Flames emanating from the sun. Sun are those of the fighting spirit. <laughs> Can't think this up. Which is also represented by a sword piercing through the world from top to bottom. Five gems. Five, the five gems are cool, though. They, they do add some flair. Around the central globe represent the continents, as well as NJPW's five decades of history. Each gem is set in a fang-like position, bringing to mind a lion gripping the world in its teeth, while the wings emanate... What? <laughs> I'm looking at the belt right now. I am not thinking teeth at any point in this. Well, well the... Bring the mind a lion gripping the world in its teeth while the wings emanating from the globe represent taking flight into the world. Go ahead. What? <laughs> None of that makes it. That's the. Oh, God. I hate when people do that kind of stuff. But, oh, the new Olive yeah. Garden logo. This is going to represent. It's going to represent 
Olive Garden. That's what it is. Like, if this wasn't their main championship, I would think that it was okay. But I don't know. That's just you. You're not a fan of Hard House, are you? There's a lot of things not a fan of, but. If you get actually, you know what? If you take the bottom part of this belt and you also make that the top part, so you just get rid of like those points, then I think that it's great. It's the, the points that throw me off. The lion is gripping in the world and its teeth. Dude. Sure, it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is rep- you know, I, I watched a thing on you know, um, FBE, Fine Brothers, the React yeah. channel, and all that. They went through a whole bunch of hot water and then ended up like, I don't know what they're doing now. And I haven't even been watching the channel because they got rid of like everybody or something. But they they, really? they redid a whole logo type thing. And I watched this like, uh, it was like a 10 minute video or something explaining about their redesign of the FBE logo. And it's literally just typed out FBE, but like in a different font than before, kind of. And they're going on for minutes and minutes about this represents this, whatever. I'm like, you changed the typeface. That's it. When did that happen? Because I'm looking right now and all it's leading me to is a challenge as a channel called React. They decided to change a lot of things to like replay and stuff just to try to get their like okay, get away from the FBE. name a little bit. I see FBE. The oh. FBE thing happened and then they started running into like some hot water. So then they had to like it was pointless anyway. Maybe if they would have had uh, lion teeth on their logo would have been a different story. This belt's like it would be okay for a United States championship with the whole eagle kind of design with the wing. But yeah. no, I just I don't like the top part of it. The points jutting out. It shouldn't be a V. Or a U. It's, uh, it's fine. It, listen, I think that we need to like let them do their thing, because I think too many American fans are like, "Hey, well, why aren't they doing this?" It's like, because they're still catering to a much different audience than you. You know, it's it is New Japan Pro Wrestling, and if that's if they can get behind all that, then <laughs> go for it. Somebody out there is just kind of they're gonna click on the image for the first time and they're gonna be like the lion teeth. <laughs> The wings represent so much, you know. Whereas somebody like myself, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look as nice. That sucks. <laughs> it's kinda... It does definitely feel like a new era. I love new belts for that reason. Because no matter what, new belt means new era. Like, we really need a new era for those tag team titles in WWE. <laughs> yeah, like when those belts go away, when the current design goes away, that's going to be the New Day era belts. You know? Or like when you look at uh, the the ones that you probably think of when you think of tag team titles, like that's the New Age Outlaws and you know, the Heart Foundation and stuff. I, I love new belt designs for that reason. Even this one that I hate, like the current WWE designs, I think of you know Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and this era of guys. Where I don't really think John Cena with these belts, you know? Yeah. Well, Kota uh, is the one that's going to be maybe the one to signify this one. Who knows? Maybe Jay White, well, maybe some other people. He, he did merge the belts, so uh, yeah, he'll be significant of it in some way. 
Yeah, but when you see the current WWE Championship design, do you tend to think The Rock? He's the one that really introduced it. Well, no, because I think mostly because of the logo change. Yeah, but that's like a minor adjustment in the grand scheme of things going from that to the, the new logo compared to the spinner. It's only a year and a half. You should have just held off. Like, Maybe. You know, Unless like, he was just kind of like, I don't want to hold that stupid spinner belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like, I always remember DX was supposed to introduce the pennies. So the, and Sean was like, you know what? I think I'm all right holding two tag titles for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Those pennies are god awful. I, haven't they been sitting on these belts, like the new belts, for like a year and a half or something at this point? Supposedly. Just bring out the new belts already. What are you waiting for? Huh. It's got to be the right moment, Terry. <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing that's uh, not having a right moment. A match on the kickoff of WrestleMania. At least for night one. That's not I'm happening. I'm all right with that, though. That, that's something that I don't fully disagree with in theory. Because their idea, and I think it's a good idea, too. Like this, The justification, it makes sense to me. It's that they don't want the first entrance to be just some kind of pointless match on the pre-show. They want it to be, you know, you get all the pyro and everybody gets excited. And then the first person comes out and it's like, oh my God, it's WrestleMania. I totally agree with that. My issue is, do you need an hour of the pre-show then? Uh, Yeah, because they do it for every year anyway. I don't think you need an hour each night. These aren't complicated. And I've said this a million times. If you think that people can't follow these storylines without getting some kind of a preface ahead of time, you're patting yourselves on the back too hard. These things are not Shakespeare. And if you think that that's not the case and they just need these refreshers, then you think that people are... You think that people aren't watching. They're not watching. But that, too, is if you know what, if people aren't watching Raw and SmackDown and everything and they want to know what happens ahead of time, tough shit. Watch Raw and SmackDown and whatever. Maybe that'll get people to watch more often if they feel like they can not just watch the pay-per-views and follow along. Because I know plenty of people that are literally like, oh, I don't watch WWE. I just watch the pay-per-views. And they know what they know good enough because they've watched, you know, the pre-show tells them and then they tell them again beforehand. And that's all they need to do. Maybe the ratings would go up if you got rid of that. Let's talk about Callum real quick. Callum doesn't watch WWE. He's on every review show and every uh, preview show, but he doesn't have to watch the main product. and He Mm -hmm. doesn't. You can watch everything on YouTube. Right. And that. And like that is one of the reasons why, even though it's totally corporate speak, I do agree with them when they say, "Yeah, our ratings are down. So what? We have seventy-five million YouTube subscribers because everybody watches on YouTube." Yeah. So don't waste your time with an hour-long pre-show repeating things that we've seen for months ahead of time, and you're also going to show the same thing right before the match anyway. Just um, cut that. Yeah, make it a half hour at most and just go, all right, this is the card. We're doing the pre-show panel analyst type stuff. We'll show you the video packages on the actual thing. Or actually, better yet, cut that from the actual thing. 
do that all on the pre-show and get people to watch the pre-show. And if they go, I don't know what's happening. Well, you should have watched the pre-show. Maybe you'll watch it the next pay-per-view. You know? Yeah, but you're... So I, I want to talk about that too because this is across the board in wrestling, but you're thinking from the perspective of fuck it, save me time and just get people to watch your shows. And they're thinking, well, this will be on socials and this will be on this and that. And I want to talk about this. It's not on your list because you probably didn't know, but WWE seems to be expanding into more social platforms. So like Adam Pierce announced the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match for WrestleMania SmackDown. Because two nights is enough. On Twitter Spaces. And this is like, I guess Facebook has rooms now. Twitter has Spaces. They got rid of Periscope and they're now using Spaces. Uh, So WWE did that. Now they're going to do a Caleb Braxton's going to interview Roman Reigns on Clubhouse. I don't even know what Clubhouse is. <laughs> so Clubhouse, I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head. I do know that it was super hot for like five seconds, but it's supposed to be like, again, another one of these like, okay, let's all gather into these rooms. Like it, we're, we're devolving back into chat rooms. Everybody's just saying, I want to be Zoom. I think what's (laughs) happening is we're devolving back into chat rooms in the same way that, like, a lot of what's, like, the the Twitch stuff is just, like, you remember, like, Stickham and Justin TV before it was Twitch? Yeah. There was just, like, random people doing random things. It's just that. It's just... Hey, I'm live on Stickam. During the same time frame as we're going through this cable thing where the streaming platforms are realizing that they're turning into cable. cable. Yeah. Those who do not follow history are doomed to repeat it. (laughs) And we're just falling for it. But I do want to talk about that because whoever's in charge of WWE right now, whether it's Nick Khan or uh, Christina Salen, is making a huge push for social media making a huge push for like, hey, we have all these hours of television. Why not just announce things on Twitter? (laughs) I think it's this concerted effort to appear modern while also just shitting all over your main product. That's my take on it. But and I know you probably feel the same, but I'm not saying that that has to be anybody else's take. I just feel like they're crapping on Raw and SmackDown and the NXT and everything, really, when it's like, I don't need to watch you. I can keep up through socials. I feel like WWE is in a position where I don't disagree with the idea that they should try to maximize their social media coverage and try to make things like catch on and become viral and all this other kind of stuff. But at the same time, they don't seem like they're ready and equipped for that. Just like they keep pushing quantity over quality. And I don't think that, like, I guess it's kind of like this is the way I'm looking at it. WWE wouldn't have any problems if they hired more people to be able to avoid the problem of being stretched too thin. 
but they want to save as much money as possible and they want to bump up the revenue as much as possible. So they pay as little. It's the typical type of thing where everybody wants to make as much money by doing the least amount of work. And I don't fault people for that because everybody does it. But I think that the product suffers. And when they're stretching themselves as thin as they are, the heyday of when everybody talks about the whole, like, man, this was so good in the Attitude Era and stuff. They had two hours a week. And they didn't have any of this kind of stuff. And I think, like, not to go off on a tangent again, but you got to talk about that. I never thought about on a Tuesday afternoon, oh boy, I wonder what Triple H is doing. No, it was like, I can't wait for Monday so I can see what Triple H does next. You know, and I think that idea that you no longer need that to get that, like, feel of, oh, man, I really miss watching Triple H. I can't wait for Monday. You don't really need that because, like, Triple H will tweet something and you'll get your fill of Triple H there or, I guess, more relevant modern people. Like, Sasha Banks will tweet a picture and break the internet and it's like, man, wow, Sasha's so amazing. I don't need to see SmackDown now because I kind of got my fill of Sasha, mm. you know? I think and that's Triple H in that uh, media call earlier today said, nobody's forcing you to watch everything, which to I me... Fu- I fucking popped. I- I'm sorry, like I did. He's Because he's right. It's a lot, and we're forced to watch because we have jobs that pertain to it. But Callum's not fucking forced to watch a damn thing. No, and but they... Makes- there's a difference between nobody's forcing you to watch and, but we're going to spread it thin. So if you want to get the good stuff, you have to watch it all. Like there's no problem with missing main event because main event never matters. So nobody ever complains about, ah, I missed that match on main event. But when you say, oh, well, you didn't check out that one thing? Oh, that was on this episode of whatever, and they decided to do this, and they decided to switch that up and do that five times, and that, like whatever. It's See, A lot I of what WWE says in the company speak isn't necessarily wrong. It's just wrong in the context of what they're trying to apply it to. Like Stephanie uh, McMahon earlier this week had said something about you listen to the fans and you thank them for giving your, your opinion. And I'm like, you don't listen to anybody. What are you talking about? Like, Stephanie McMahon stated <laughs> it was something because somebody asked about like canceling WWE. I don't know if that was like in reference to the Peacock stuff. And she said, "Oh well, canceling WWE won't help anything because how do you how do you change if you're just canceled?" Which agreed point. You know, fully agreed. The more people should think like that. But then for Stephanie to say, "Oh well, you listen to your fan, no Steph." Death, you're walking into a trap. You don't listen to your fans. If you listen to your fans, then you wouldn't have had the McMahons come out on Monday Night Raw a couple years ago at this point saying, we know that this has been bad and we're going to change it up by not doing anything different. But you know what? In fairness, I'm going to say I'll always defend that because the immediate follow up is three people who people were crazy about winning major matches at WrestleMania. It's not their fault that people were sour on Kofi by September. Or it's their game. fault that they didn't bother to actually give anybody the... You know, you can give somebody a tool 
And if they don't have the knowledge, they can't do anything with it. And then you go, well, it's your fault you didn't build a shelf. Well, did you give them all the tools? Did you give them all the instructions? Did you give them the ability to actually like put stuff together? Or did you not give them the wood to put it together to begin with? You know, and then it's not their fault just because you gave them a screwdriver. I think that between the, I would say ever since like the Daniel Bryan thing in 2014, we've seen an increasing growth of fans and their immediate turnoff and like, okay, I want something new now. No, that's definitely true. I don't disagree with WWE on that to be like, it's annoying to go through the effort for doing that and then the fans are fickle enough that they just change their mind. That's I, I backed WWE 100% on that. I think if you combine that with the fact that everything is so social media based and so instant, we get to that point where, like I've been saying for weeks now with Mania, they don't book stories anymore. They book moments. That's why the Sasha Bianca thing has sucked because they're not booking a story. They're booking a moment. And when those two girls get in the ring at WrestleMania, in what will likely be the final match on Saturday, it'll be a moment and people will pop. And that's all anybody will ever focus on. Because they'll say, we listened to the people that said that they wanted that as the main event. That proves that we listened because we did the one thing. And wasn't it interesting that they went out there and they had that match and be like, yep, the feud was garbage. And then they'd go, no, no, no. But they they went out and did it and go, well, at the same time, you know, I, I, uh, whatever I I said, I couldn't remember what I ate for dinner earlier. I do know what I ate for dinner earlier. And it's going to turn into crap eventually. Doesn't mean that I ate crap. No, it means that I ate something and then turned into that. You can't just take the end result and say that that's what it is. It's like, I think, uh, the Illumination Chamber stuff. And I know I've beaten this drum a lot. That's because it's a great example of what I've been saying. People were just like, well, no, you should book the women in an Illumination Chamber match. But why? Because that will show that you're caring about them. No, it wouldn't. Like, no, you're... That's what I'm saying is people have fallen into the trap. You know what I mean? They're brainwashed by WWE booking because WWE booking has gotten so bad that they don't even know what it looks like when writers or bookers or whatever you want to call it care about talent. It's just, oh, if you put them in a match for the belt, that shows you that they care. It's like, no, that's step one. We got to stop getting out of this apologist idea, too. Like, I support WWE. If not, then I wouldn't have a website dedicated to it. I just don't support WWE's decisions when I think that they're dumb. That's the difference between a lot of things. So when, if you're the type of person that tweets out and says, why are you upset about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal not being at WrestleMania? The match doesn't matter. Shouldn't the issue be, why doesn't the match matter? As opposed to, it doesn't matter, so screw it. All those people shouldn't be on the card or whatever. It should be. And again, why is that okay? Like, why are we at this point now where it's just like, eh, it doesn't matter. It yeah. does fucking matter. Rey Mysterio matters. He shouldn't be on a fucking SmackDown match. Dominic should not have spent almost the entire past last year busting his ass trying to be good enough to be on the WrestleMania card to be told that it's good enough that they pre-tape it in front of the Thunderdome. Now, I'm not saying Dominic's the best guy on the roster. He's not. 
No, he's not, but he deserves. But he deserves to a chance the to perform profit. in front of a single person for the first time in his fucking career. The street profits yeah. deserve the chance to compete at Mania in front of people. Yeah, they hadn't get a chance to do it. So it's like, and you can't make the argument. Oh well, it's just good enough because it's on a special edition of SmackDown. It's not a special edition of SmackDown. They put the WrestleMania logo on top of the SmackDown logo, and they told you that. Are you the same type of people that say? Oh my god, this is the best thing ever when WWE goes for the first time ever on SmackDown. We're having this match of what come on guys, you know, like uh, we talk about this a million times. <laughs> I'm sure people are sick and tired of it. I think it, yeah, I just think it's frustrating because like this week we've seen people just throw their hands up and I'm tired of that. Like fight for something, should, guys. You, you know expect a little bit of something. If you don't ever fight for anything to get better, you can't blame anybody but yourself when things don't change for the better. That's how it is. Because you're the same people who are going to wake up and be like, well, WWE should do more. And the reality is you don't require more of them. Mm -hmm. If you tell somebody that their actions are okay, they don't change. Just as, you know... You don't need but, to have some kind of behavioral science degree for that. It's just the way the things are, you know? I do want to parlay that into uh, Chris Jericho on his podcast with Christian. Told a story about TNT telling Tony Khan when Sting came in, because Sting was a legit surprise. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. If you're going to have a major debut, we want to promote it. Don't ever do that again where you don't promote something ahead of time. I agree and I disagree. I I mostly disagree, but I know why you probably agree. I agree because of the sense that if you've got the ability to draw more people in, it makes sense to want to get the people to go, hey, if you tune in, this is going to happen. But then again, if you do that, there's no surprise. And if you have no surprises ever, then the show becomes kind of pointless. You know, it's kind of like when you watch a TV show that's a regular TV show, not like a WWE or AEW type of thing, but yeah, I don't know, like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something. And if they advertise a show ahead of time, and in this episode, someone's gonna die, the ratings are gonna go up. But you know what? The entire episode you're watching it going, is this the person that's going to die? Is that the person that's going to die? And then eventually when it happens, you're either disappointed or you're like, oh, I got it right. Or you, it took you out of it as opposed to if it would have just happened. And I've mentioned this a million times on some different podcasts here and there, but I'll go back to it again as another example. The Terminator of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the show. A certain character dies on a random episode and it's one of the main characters and they just get shot right in the head. There's no build up, There's no slow motion. There's nothing. It's just a regular action scene in the middle of an episode. Not even like at the end of one where it could be like, Oh my God. And we're going to do this cliffhanger. And the characters just bang, gets shot. They, they walk across a, a hallway or like they turn a corner and the Terminator just shoots them. And that's it. One of the main characters dead. And they move on with the scene and then it becomes this whole like, oh my God, like that's a whole big thing or whatever. And I went back and I rewound it multiple times because I'm like, this, there has to be some kind of clue here that that person didn't die because you don't just do that. 
and it's been God knows how many years since that is, and it stuck with me as this like upsetting thing on TV, <laughs> like legit, like kind of like I don't know how to feel about this kind of a thing, <laughs> like you know. Let me see, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. When this show came out, just to see how long this has been in my brain. Okay, so it went off the air in 2009. That's how long this has stuck with me. Because it's a surprise, and it took me right. They didn't advertise it as, like, on this episode, somebody's going to die. So I get the idea that you would want to promote something like Sting's going to be here. But then, you know, nobody's going to pop for it as big. Because then they know Sting is going to show up instead of just out of nowhere. Oh my god, Sting is here. Right. But that's why they announced Big Show. And they had Big Show announce that there would be something at the pay-per-view. Because they were like, never, never just pop up with somebody ever again. I think that that's a slightly better way of doing it. Is to say, we're going to have something. And then do that, but then you run the risk of people speculating and going above it. Because people were disappointed with Christian. They're like, oh, this isn't Brock. And they're like, well, they didn't tell you that it was Brock. They didn't say that it was going to be CM Punk. You went and jumped to that conclusion. So then you have to mitigate that disaster too. And then if you make it too easy for people to to know ahead of time, then they predict it and they go, oh, see, I got it. It was going to be Christian, you know. I lean more towards the idea of give people a surprise enough amount of times and they're going to tune in because they're going to wonder what the next surprise is. And if it's not a loyal fan base, then you know what? Build the fan base. Get people tuning in somehow, you know? I very much hate this idea of got to announce everything on social media. I think that that's so annoying, especially from AEW because they're the worst with it. Where everything is just, oh, hey, by the way, here's five announcements about Dynamite randomly dropped on social media. This helps because this at least lets me know why, but I much prefer surprises. It's that idea, I'm assuming, that, and they're not wrong about this, but it's just kind of... Uh, I don't really like it that I'm sure marketing teams and marketing departments these days and probably for the past however many years are just like, you know, how like there, there seems to be a certain level of, I don't know if it's coincidence or it's kind of like everybody's in sync with each other when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of an example other than this one example and I can't think of anything better. So we're going to get a little bit of snack talk here. Every so often, they'll just have like Wendy's and McDonald's and Subway and whatever. They're all marketing sriracha, or they're all marketing avocado on their sandwich, or they're all doing a pretzel bun. And it's like, okay, they couldn't possibly have just the one of them announce it and the other ones just immediately respond. It's got to be that they planned this out a little bit in advance, or... There's some avocado salesman out there that's doing a fucking banger job, you know, just going to all these promotions and being like, I know, you know what, it would be really good. Avocados. That's what you going to do in your business. He's an old timey one, by the way. And uh, he's got one of those old fucking um, briefcases. He goes door to door. He's got one of those bowler hats. <laughs> he's got a, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but 
that kind of an idea is, I think, what's going on with marketing and sales these days. And I don't have a marketing degree, so I don't know. If you do, let me know. Drop a comment below if I'm right or dead wrong or something. But I'm assuming marketing executives all across the board are saying social media is the key. If you can get something to trend on Twitter, then that's going to do the marketing for you. And you should really just push that because then people will do the legwork for you. And it's not wrong, but it's just annoying. Yeah, and I don't like it. I'm, I guess, old school in that way. I, I like looking forward to the TV show. I'm not going to say that I'm so old school in the sense that, like, when you get, you know, older people that are like, why can't people just read the newspaper these days? They always got to do things online. Or, like, uh, you know, I, I just want to write my check out instead of using my credit card or something <laughs> like you got to adapt with the times but at the same time just because something is the thing that's going on right now doesn't mean that it's good just because it's popular or whatever and like we got into this idea with cable where they it doesn't seem like they do it quite as much these days which i'm happy about but they really started to get egregious to stale uh callum's phrase with those little bugs in the corner of the screen where they would sometimes cover up half of the screen. And you're like, motherfucker, I'm watching the TV show right now. Cable used to be free. I mean, it used to be uh, paid without the um, commercials. And then you started adding commercials and you didn't make it free. And then now you're adding commercials during the show, not even on the commercials. Come on, guys, you know? So... Just something changes like that doesn't mean that it's for the better. And I don't think that social media is healthy for a lot of things. And I'm more convinced every day that like there's going to be like a mass purge mm -hmm. of social media sooner rather than later and streaming services for that matter. Yeah. I mean, they say that the, the big bang eventually turns into the big crunch where everything gets collapsed in on itself. I think we're getting there. Yeah. I'll totally Go for some Nestle Crunch right now. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, somebody says that this is a good idea for marketing. Did you know that it's NX Tuesday now? Yeah, congratulations, Tony. You did it. I called it. I knew they would do it. NX Tuesday. Oh, my God. Look at that. Hashtag. Oh, my God. Finger guns. <laughs> it's just All right. You know what, though? As somebody who is unhealthily obsessed with 90s marketing and thinks that them releasing Sonic 2 on a Tuesday and calling it <laughs> Sonic Tuesday was genius. I feel like I can't knock this too much. I probably would do it too. It's just like, ugh, it's another WWE thing. I will fully admit I probably would have pitched it. Like, I think the Sega Genesis does what Nintendo don't. That's brilliant great yeah great. so i don't i'm teasing them a little bit with the nx tuesday thing just because i in our one of our chats on uh facebook for the smart guy moment team i was just kind of like uh you know t-minus how long before they start calling it nx tuesday kind of thing and it was like the i don't know later that day or the next day or something and it's just like day on tony's right yeah but we know now that it's confirmed all that discussion you know it's the typical thing as well too where it's like Hey, NXT is probably moving to Tuesday. No, no, no. No, we're not. We're not doing that. I mean, we are, but <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Well, just admit things, you know. So here's one thing I will say very positively. 
the feedback that I've seen online hasn't been like, oh, we won the war. Uh, it's been very much like, oh, thank God, now I can watch both mm-hmm. shows. I'm so happy about that aspect of this, for sure. Because, uh, I, I mean, in my circumstance, which a lot of other people don't have, so I can't apply that as being like, I'm going to speak for everybody. But speaking for myself, it's really annoying that AEW Dark Elevation goes on for two and a half hours and it goes into Monday Night Raw because then I can't watch AEW Dark Elevation. And by the time I get done watching Raw, I don't feel like watching another three hours of wrestling. And then really annoying when that's going to happen with AEW Dark going head to head with NXT. Guess what, guys? I'm not going to watch AEW Dark. So I'm going to miss out on two thirds of the AEW product just because I'm going to be burned the fuck out of pro wrestling. I think AEW more than WWE went too fast, too quick. Because you can make the same arguments about, you know, oh, well, you don't have to watch everything. Yeah, but they, I'll give WWE this. They, at the very least, have five different brands with five different sets of superstars. Regardless of how similar the shows are booked, they're five different brands, five different sets of superstars. <laughs> the easiest set of superstars to know is, so what's the Tony Nese and Aria Davari match happening this week on 205 oh, Live? Because they're, they're only like two people on the brand. <laughs> so, but By the way, they lost this that. week. I, I know, but, <laughs> At least you have that, whereas, you know, with AEW, it's like, no, guys, Dynamite is your man show, and you're going to throw Moxley on Dark Elevation to get people to tune in, but it's not necessary, and you know it's not. It's just going to be something that's going to be harder, because I'm not going to watch those shows, because, look, I love pro wrestling, but I can't watch three hours of Raw two hours of NXT, uh, an hour of NXT UK, two hours of SmackDown, an hour of, or however long it is, half hour of uh, 205 Live. I don't even watch main event as it is. Check out any of the pay-per-views during those weeks. Write up articles, because you got to keep in mind, too, I'm not just watching the shows. I'm also spending tons of time doing podcasts and writing up stuff. And then on top of that, watch two hours of Dynamite, two hour, two and a half hours of Dark, two and a half hours of that. I can't watch like 30 hours of pro wrestling content a week. No, you can't. Or at least you shouldn't be expected to. Because that's when you get burned out and you just go, you know what? I've seen a thousand disqualifications this week. And, you know, and then none of it means anything. They're all good. Shut up, you know? And that's, I know I'm not the target for that. They're targeting... If we put out as much content as possible, then who somebody will watch it kind of a thing. But Sean has a theory. Sean Rossap has a theory that AEW is just doing this shit to get their watch hours up so they can eventually like sell to a streaming service and show, look how much hours of content we have, which is a good theory. I'm not going to lie. That's a damn good theory. Yeah. Tell Sean he's got my uh, my support on that theory. That makes a lot of sense. Because they are yeah. pumping out TV content with that. Because it's almost like, really, you know you don't need this many hours of dark. It's longer than dynamite. Mm-hmm. So that does make sense. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. 
So let's talk about some rumored heat on Ivelisse. Nothing much actually clarified on this, but some websites at the very least are promoting this idea that she hasn't been seen in a while because she's gotten into some arguments with some of the people that are like on the trainer and producer side of things. If that's true, kind of leads a little bit more credence to the things we had seen beforehand, right? If that is true. Which it might not be. Which, if that is true. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if we would uh, expect to see Valise back. You know, fool me once kind of thing. Yeah, maybe uh, the next incarnation of the boy who cried wolf is the girl who sat in the ring and didn't sell for Thunder Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more of a mouthful but you never know it could take off not as bad as the house always wins <laughs> uh, I'll yeah. talk some no, more she, or you got anything uh, else to say about the Ulysses? yeah I was just gonna say like whatever happens there she's a good talent I wouldn't be surprised if you know outside factors got in the way Out, some outside interference yeah. So it's a tag team match because AEW doesn't care? <laughs> well, no, it's a tag team match because she won the, uh, I almost called it the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic, whatever they called that thing. Deadly Draw. The, the, the lethal, ah, yeah, the Deadly Draw is a lethal lottery, but that's WCW. Well, we talked about the Tuesday night thing. We talked about the uh, Eva Lease thing, but we have an even weirder thing that's going on with AEW right now. And that's a partnership with WWE because Chris Jericho, for whatever reason, they chose now Sunday WrestleMania to be the time that they're going to be promoting one of the top people in AEW, the first AEW world champion to be on the Broken Skull Sessions. Yeah, it's something, isn't it? It is beyond baffling to me we're talking about a company here that broke up the hurt business <laughs> this oh, week yeah, we gotta get there and say that they are listening to fans and then they do things like that and then they say that they're like okay well we're open for business and that like nothing's off the table but the next topic we're going to talk about is a list of banned words so keep that in mind that you can get the AEW former world champion on WrestleMania Sunday on the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. But you can't say the word hospital. Or like, <laughs> what? What world are we in now? Why is Jericho popping up on this? It's cool. Like, I'm going to check it out for sure. It's, if Peacock will load for me, you know? It's, uh, it's definitely a surprise. And it just felt like maybe you can't even say like Big Show. Oh well, they taped it beforehand, right? Because he's been working in AEW for two years. Yeah, they, they didn't record this three years ago. Uh, Austin said that Jericho hit him up after the Taker interview. He sent him back a beer emoji and an eagle emoji. And they got to talking, and next thing you know, he was on the podcast. <laughs> it's that easy for something like that. But then you get some other people that are like, hey, can we get a match on WrestleMania, even if it's like 40 people in the match? And it's like, no, damn it. <laughs> it's funny, because 
Austin said to Sports Illustrated, he's like, after I text Vince, hey, I got a badass idea, Jericho on Broken Skull. And he said, okay, cool, go ahead. Yeah, it's cool, go ahead. And then he texted him back and said, are you sure? (laughs) And he he gives him a thumbs up emoji. (laughs) So clearly, emojis are the great uh, peacemaker of our time. Now, I will say, I'm on the same boat with Vince McMahon as far as the thumbs up emoji. I think it's a brilliant tool. <laughs> thumbs up emoji is something that I use all the time. Just because it's it's simple. You just go, thumbs up means I'm good to go, means I agree, means it's got my stamp of approval, whatever. You just go, beep, and you move on to the next thing because you got shit to do, you know? Right. But this is baffling to me. And it's the type of thing that makes me go, you know, when I read... Some of these weird predictions or when somebody complains about my predictions or whatever and they go, that's bullshit. They're not going to do something like, uh, I don't know, Bianca Belair against Sasha. Ba- I remember earlier this year when I was like, uh, Bianca Belair might win the Royal Rumble. And if she does, she's going to challenge Sasha Banks. And some people were like, that's such bullshit. That's never going to happen. It clearly should be that, uh, you know. Liv Morgan should win, and then in the meantime, Sasha should drop the title to Tamina, and then they should have those two. And I'm like, you guys are absolutely batshit crazy. And then stuff like this happens, and I go, you know what? Somebody's probably sitting there going, I wonder if Jericho will be on Broken Skull. And I would respond to them with, that's batshit crazy. It's never going to happen. And then it does, and you go, I I don't fucking know. And you just... (laughs) Here's what what I'll say. I think it's awesome. Very cool. I think it's fucking great. I hope they talk about AEW. What was the thing I put in our... Uh, my NX Tuesday thing that I had said, I was like, let me try to predict the next thing. Uh, this is what I typed out. Goddamn, kid, what you been up to? Oh, a little something. They laugh. But seriously, I've been watching you over on AEW. Good stuff, man. Thanks, I'm in a, hitting a real new stride in my career, doing some of my best work. Cheers to that. Oh, that tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> If that's dead on, you know, I got really close to a moment with Godzilla versus Kong, by the way. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes off from what yeah. you called it, but damn, I think that'd be super cool. I think it'd be even cooler if, hey, here's some footage. How fucking batshit will people go if it's even if it's just footage of Jericho walking out with the AEW championship? I want Jericho to look at the camera and just go, AEW. <laughs> just be like, yeah. I, it's crazy. It's fucking insane. I am more interested in what they say on this than I am interested in anything that probably will happen on Raw or anything that'll happen on... Uh, maybe that's a little too harsh. Maybe not anything that'll happen on NXT UK Prelude. <laughs> but, but maybe. Talk about that in a few minutes, feel, too. I feel like, um, say, dude, for the fact that they're doing it on Mania Sunday, though, yeah. If I, all right, again, I'm gonna call Callum out here. I'm sorry, Callum, I keep referencing you, but you're, you're a good example of this. If I'm Callum and I don't have any other responsibilities, I'm going nuts and I'm excited because I get to watch the AEW guy on the Austin podcast. And then watch WrestleMania? Yeah. That's awesome. Personally, I'm like, 
fuck. This is going to be another, like, thing. You're going to be watching that all day, and yeah. Before Mania. And then, you know, it's it's like, there, there's that two schools of thought. But people were so focused on, oh, Jericho's on the show. I'm like, no, you're missing the story here is that Jericho's on the network on WrestleMania Sunday. Like, how good is he? Callum even said, love him or hate him, he always finds a way to be the most talked about person in wrestling. It's so strange that the, like, the weekend of the entire year that they wouldn't at least say, let's hold off until next week. And put something else there. Or have a different person lined up. Like if this would have been Randy Orton. Then nobody bats an eye. Or if it would have been Brock Lesnar. You know like. Yeah Brock uh, is. He's not like a under contract right now. But at the same time. he's He's been in the company for like. You know. Eight years or whatever. So. People just go. Oh cool. Big name. That'd be fun. Or even if it's like Jim Ross. Even it's that would be weird a- to me. It's an AEW guy. Who will probably talk about it. But he also calls Kenny Omega the WWE champion. So nobody will think too hard that. Austin's just like, God damn, kid, how you doing? How's your push? (laughs) You know, but like Jericho, who I fully expect to see talk about AEW, talk about New Japan, talk about like, talk about working with MJF or maybe even, you know, FTR. Like, It'd be crazy. They're just like, yeah, we've taken some of the talent from here and doing great work with them. Because you can't even argue the idea that, like, if they say you can't talk about AEW, people are still going to pass that around on social media and it's still going to be giving promotion to AEW. So then then they go back to the whole idea of, well, doesn't social media matter more? Like, they can't get away with not promoting AEW from doing this. They already have. Everybody's already talking about it. So maybe this is like a power move. Like I, I mentioned that. Like it's Vince saying you don't, don't matter and that you don't matter. Yeah. It might be that. Because- I mean, we've we've fully established over decades. Vince McMahon uh, again to reference uh, something that we'll talk about in a few weeks when it comes to the Tomorrow Never Dies podcast for a review to a kill there's a line in that that says the line between insanity and genius is measured only by success vince mcmahon is absolutely crazy and he's a fucking genius (laughs) so it's like sometimes you don't know which one you're getting and sometimes you're getting a combination of the two and there's precedent for it though big show said i told vince i was coming to AEW, and he said cool go help them and make a lot of money Yeah, like maybe Vince is just nope. We're never gonna be number two, so let him on the show. What's the worst that can happen? We're growing a place that everybody's gonna want to come to WWE anyway, because everybody wants their WrestleMania moment anyway. Even the most jaded person who might think WWE is a disgusting corporation wants the WrestleMania moment. You didn't get into wrestling, none of you. I don't care who you are. You didn't get into <laughs> wrestling to be on yeah, Barry. Glory. You didn't get into wrestling to be uh, at all out. You didn't get into wrestling to be at Wrestle Kingdom, probably. You got into wrestling to be at WrestleMania 
in the main event. Nobody can deny this. So yeah, they're always going to be number one. Maybe it is a power play. I'm starting to think that more and more. It's just like, yeah, you can have Jericho on. What's he doing these days? Ha ha ha. Like that kind of thing. But like in that way, is Jericho smart to do this? Well, yes, because it gives promotion to AEW. Yep. But don't you want to say, like, nah, I don't need to be on your show because we're doing our own cool shit. They're, but they're thinking, oh, we'll get the, all the press of the Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. But then you got idiot fans online. And I, I saw this comment on a Kenny Omega picture. It was a, him and uh, Xavier Woods. And he's like, oh, the Forbidden Door was broken years ago. And somebody was like, oh, please don't tell me that you're merging with WWE. It's like, this is why they can't do cool shit. People, people aren't too bright, you know? Like I'm the guy pitching merging all the time, and no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, like, merging with WWE, no. Now, if AEW wants to merge with Impact... If AEW to- <laughs> wants to merge with every other company, please do. I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> That'd be much better. Just don't add 16 more hours of TV that I need to watch per week, and then, you know... It's it's insane the way that some things are. I don't know. I'm excited to see what they talk about. I hope that there's a lot of discussion about AEW. I really do. Me too. I'm really going to be interested in checking this out. I might not watch it on that day. I might have to check it out later just because, you know, it's WrestleMania week, so it's nuts. But I'm definitely going to be watching it. That's for sure. They got me. I didn't watch the, uh, the whole Randy Orton thing. Actually, I, you know what? I don't even know if I watched the whole thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember any of it. So maybe I didn't watch any of it. But it's pretty good. You know, I think these Austin has a good format with his shows because he gets genuine answers out of people. He also likes uh, staring at them like a deer in headlights. Oh God! You know I mean, <laughs> Sometimes he's just like, I don't know. It looks like he's trying to use his heat vision on them or something. <laughs> Contact is weird, and the yeah, it is. Older I get, the more I'm like, it's so weird that you expect me to look at you the entire time that you're talking. I don't look people in the eyes. Good. I tend to like my eyes dart around the room a whole lot because I'm taking in more information. I'm always just sort of like, all right, that's the thing over there, that's over this, this is happening like that, you know. But then sometimes people take that as like, oh, you can't even look at me in the eyes, and I'm like, no, I'm looking at everything else. (laughs) You know, your eyes are eyes. I don't care. But well, if uh, I ever go on Stone Cold's podcast and he's looking me in the eyes, I'm gonna give him a staring contest. <laughs> Goddamn kid! Why are you why are you staring me down? Yeah, <laughs> I'm over here trying to give you that rub, that that push. <laughs> and I'll be like, "Here's a beer," and I'll be like, "I don't drink." And I'll be like, "God damn it, I hate this guy." <laughs> well, you know, uh, Vince McMahon hates bunch of terms. Yeah. Now this. I planned originally on making fun of, but you know what? I agree with pretty much every single one of these. Not every one of them, but most of them I think are very reasonable. So this list of banned terms came out through these WrestleMania documents that are going around right now. Cause everybody has to pass out like, you know, sheets of you know, checklists and things to be aware of and everything. This is at least currently the list of banned words. I'm sure that there are other ones too, but there's blood, which 
I mean, sometimes you kind of have to say uh, it. Blood is banned. I mean, I, unless, you know, I don't think that they can say, I'm going to beat him bloody. Right. I could see not wanting to add references to that if you want to try to stick with the PG side of things. I still hate that they do the whole black and white thing. But they don't want to have uh, anybody saying choke. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Like choke slam. Naked choke hold. <laughs> which is stupid because it's like, look, not everybody's going to draw direct parallels to Benoit. Stop going there. Yeah. Just because somebody does some kind of a move that's like, hey, he's choking him out. I don't think somebody's going to go, he said choke. I need to attack somebody, you know, like then. But then again, maybe you can't baby proof the world for some of these people, though. You mean attack like physically? I thought you meant like, ah, cancel. Uh, Oh, no, I think the cancel thing, you could sneeze and somebody will be like, because they're tight and they'll be like, I'm offended. You didn't say God bless you instead. And somebody else would be like, I don't say God bless you because I think that using, you know, it's just kind of. The phrase I always use is don't say hello to anybody. Somebody might be upset that you didn't say hi or hey. There you go. But belt, which we've heard before, unless you're Becky, I guess. I thought thought Becky got the word unbanned. That's on the list. Uh, Becky's not around, so we don't use belts anymore. Strap. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, but Bailey. Yeah, Bailey dose straps. But she's not holding a title, and she's not getting a match at WrestleMania, so... I guess that's why. Maybe she was like, hey, what are we doing with the strap? And they were like, fuck you at WrestleMania, that's what's happening, you're not getting in there. You said strap. Diva, which, yeah, they went away from the Diva era, so that makes sense. Bro, it's been like six years. Yeah, but... Although, you have a show to promote called Total Divas, whatever. Yeah, but there's still people, there's still fans that are like, oh, the Divas match, whatever, because it's just ingrained into them, so... I get it being on the list of terms. Headshot. I don't even know why they would say headshot. I don't know. I really don't. Weird. Trauma. Uh, There's a couple other ones that are kind of like that, where, like, spinal injuries. Are you just telling people not to talk about the severity of the business? Well, there's victim. There's violence slash violent. There's strangle, kill, and murder. There's also wife beater. That one to me, I was like, yeah, don't say that. But at the same time, <laughs> like, you're just was somebody making a pitch for that? Was somebody like, oh, like we're gonna call this character wife beater Jones or something? Like, it is weird though. Every so often, when I'll hear somebody refer to like one of those undershirts, and it'll be like, I don't know, some like political thing or something like that, and it'll be like, oh, you know, such and such, and a wife beater or whatever. I'm like, you shouldn't call. It that like that's that's one of those terms that i'm like yeah i think we need to stop that where that got its uh name from yeah it's like i'm the type of guy that thinks that people go overboard a lot with a lot of this like being offended about stuff but i'm like yeah we should probably not call it that anymore and they'd probably be nice (laughs) so i'm all on uh all aboard that train of don't use the word wife beater to explain that um House show. Yeah, then you get into a bunch of like DQ used wrestling phrases. Yeah, babyface and heel, jobber, card. Which I'm gonna say it. You think that uh, Zack Ryder 
was like, yeah, I hate when fans use that word. You know, wrestlers don't really use that word because of stuff like this. Because, and now, granted, it's not the territory days anymore. They're going, hey, brother, this, this uh, jabroni. Like, yeah, nobody talks like that anymore, and I'll give that to you. But also, I, go listen to the Kong versus Godzilla thing. We must have said Kong's the baby face like five mm-hmm. times each. But you know what? If you listen to anybody in a casual term, they do say it. So, <laughs> like like a New Day podcast or something like that, they'd be like, oh, you go and heal on me? Like, they do say it. It's just a thing. The New Day podcast also suggested that Hungry Hungry Hippos prepared them for something else in life. So, I, I endorse that podcast completely. Everybody needs to listen to the New Day pod. What was the context of the Hungry Hungry Hippos? Is this a Triple H thing? They just started talking about like Hungry Hungry Hippos? Just like slapping cheeks. How like they're like, yeah, because you're just ferociously sitting there slapping cheeks. Now that I think about it, oh, they're just preparing us for when we were older. And of course, it's Woods that says, yeah, I'm an expert. It's just like, Listen to their podcast, by the way, everybody, about the the toy tournament thing because that's a lot of fun. Shout uh, out to the new day for being so damn entertaining they're, all the they're time. So good, and they genuinely feel like friends, and I want nothing but success for all of them. So you're not supposed to say wrestling. Oh uh, yeah, that's been since <laughs> like 1985. Yeah. Not supposed <laughs> to say wrestlers. Not supposed to say WWF. Uh, the anti diva. Need a push, be over, curb stomp. You think that's why they uh, banned JR? <laughs> Maybe. Here's one that I thought was really funny, though. Mofos. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what Morrison calls his fans? <laughs> you just don't say mofos. <laughs> Who's saying mofos? <laughs> like, like I'm picturing like Corey Graves right now or something. It's just kind of like. You know, well, yeah, we've got a fatal four-way coming up for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We got a lot of talented uh, people in this ring. We got Alpha Academy. Those mofos are going to win the championship. <laughs> what? <laughs> kayfabe's on the list, of course. Yeah, you don't want to say kayfabe. Yeah. You're going to keep yeah. kayfabe. I mean, only Mark Cowley does that. <laughs> so it's a weird list. Uh mofos and wife beater are my two like <laughs> what who's saying wife beater like that somebody definitely said it enough to the point where they felt like they needed to put it on the document so i'm just picturing I mean, like michael hayes backstage being like you know do 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 you mofos <laughs> just kind of like i think we're beyond the era like nobody's wrestling in a wife beater now would anybody be? no I don't think I can think of. Nobody's got anything like that on. Because like, the last two people that did were Moxley and Harper. Moxley, Harper, and before that, Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Jimmy no, Wang Yang's been mentioned way too many <laughs> yeah. times this month on this podcast, I think, at this point. Well, uh, you know, our resident cowboy, Cal Wiggins. So, you know. He's a redneck through and through. He is. 
before we round out with some of the last hot tags we got going on here, let me just remind everybody that we got the uh, merchandise shops on Tee Public and Redbubble. So if you want me to make some kind of like, a, I don't know, Cowboy Callum uh, Wiggins shirt or something, then I'll try to figure out a design for that. I'll get Caroline to work on it. I'll be like, uh, draw a little cartoon. Of, uh, draw a cartoon. Oh, yes. Please do that. And he's a cowboy and he's got a monocle. I don't know why he's got a monocle. <laughs> monocle? Why monocle? Because he's British, of course. I mean, I think they're an American. <laughs> All those cowboys with their monocles. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, if you want to check out that stuff, there's lots of different designs, at least the ones that they haven't gotten taken down yet. They took down a Waffle House one the other day, and I'm like, ah, come on. You're not, like, losing anything on that. So if you want to get the RF, or uh, whatever it was. I don't even remember the name of it now. The Waffle House or something. Um, maybe I'll make a rough house one. AEW Rough House, and it'll be the Waffle House thing. Waffle House always wins. And Baskin Robbins always knows. They always find out. So that uh, is stuff that if you don't want to donate to the Patreon, and you want to help us out on the monetary side of things, pick up a t-shirt or something that'll help out too, because you know a portion of that goes to me. Not a whole lot, but some of it does. If you buy a sticker, I get like a dime each time. <laughs> um move along here to predictions for NXT UK Prelude which started off as something where I was like oh man this is cool they're going to do like a takeover and then eventually it was like oh okay they're doing a regular episode they're just giving it a name that sucks you know why they're giving it a regular name it's a prelude to NXT stand and deliver it's really not it is though I don't know why they decided to call it that because it's like it doesn't really lead directly into it. It has nothing to do with anything on the card. Yes, it does, doesn't it? No. Doesn't it go from that to the pre show? Mm. Pre show starts. No, uh, it goes from that to the bump to the pre show to NXT. I don't think it even goes to that. Let me check. I figured this out earlier. Uh, So it is. NXT UK Prelude, that is like the regular time is 3 p.m. Eastern. But you've got the pre-show of NXT TakeOver is 7 p.m. So you got a chunk of time there. And the only other thing that day that I've got on my list, at least for right now, is this week in WWE goes on at some point. Hmm. I thought they had a special bump going for uh, TakeOver. The bump is going to be on Wednesday. At 10 a.m. Saturday and then and Saturday and Sunday. So it's prelude, even though it doesn't lead into it, it has no bearing on the the card whatsoever. And it's a regular TV show. So I'm like, that sucks. You could have just, you know, whatever. And the to be honest, the card not looking all that great to me. You got three matches and some promos that they've been promoting. The promo uh, the the promomos. <laughs> <laughs> the promos that they were promoting. The promofos. <laughs> it's promofos. But uh, I'm not into like, you know, hey, we're going to hear from this person. They're going to cut a promo. Who cares? But we got that. We got a tag team match now with Isla Dawn, who has turned heel, and Kaylee Ray against Miko Satamora and the newest addition to the NXT UK roster, Millie McKenzie, who is not Millie McKenzie anymore. She is now Amelia McKenzie because they had to tweak it just enough to own the trademark to it, I guess. I'm always going to call her Millie. Yeah, she's Millie McKenzie to me. I'll probably get into the habit of calling her Amelia if she ends up being champion or something, but 
I'm assuming this is Mackenzie and Sadamore win the tag match, so that way Millie can Mackenzie just be like, I'm going to challenge, challenge you for the title. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super into it, but what I've seen from Millie Mackenzie, I've liked. So Millie's good. Mako's amazing. She should have won the belt. Uh, Kaylee Ray's really good. And Isla Dawn. I'm a fan. You going uh, Mackenzie and Sadamore as well? Yeah, because Kaylee Ray needs challengers, and she can mm-hmm. only get those challengers in WWE Logic if people defeat her in non-title matches. I'm assuming that Isla Dawn takes the pin. That way it can't even be like, you know, you've been the champion, but it'll be like, you got to win over that and you know, drag that out a couple weeks. We got Noam Dar against Tyler Bate to determine who's going to be the next number one contender for the NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship, which I am hoping goes to Noam Dar because I thought that he should have won the cup to begin with. I think it should go to Tyler Bate just so he can like be the first Triple Crown UK person. If he wins, I think he's turning heel. Ah, I like Tyler Bate. He's a big, strong boy. Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they do that. Uh, <laughs> Samuels is going to be in the corner of Noam Dar. Trent Seven is going to be in the corner of Tyler Bate. And the fact that the Trent Seven thing against Jordan Devlin didn't really pan out to be too much more than just one match. I am starting to get suspicious that Tyler Bate's going to win this and that he's going to turn heel and beat a kid and then eventually feud with Trent Seven. Who? A kid. No, well, who? B kid. Gonna be a kid. I want to know who. And eventually, C kid. Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ultimately, I I'm rooting for Noam Dar, and I guess I'm gonna kind of assume that he wins, just because he is still the definitive heel that's in here. Maybe. Um, I I would just like to see Tyler Bate get something. And then we got... I Go ahead. I, I don't think Walter has any chance in hell of losing. Yeah, Walter is defending the NXT UK Championship against Rampage Brown, which, by the way, spoils what happens with the Champa match. Right. Because he can't defend the title if he's already lost it the night before, so... Don't blame me on that one. I'm not spoiling it. WWE is. He's not going to lose that championship to Ciampa. I didn't think that that would happen anyway, because I wouldn't picture that Ciampa would fly over to the UK all the time and do that. But Rampage Brown. They could at least do what they did with the ladder match and just put it on night two. Well, then you'd be like, okay, well, I know that he's not going to drop it to Rampage Brown. Yeah, but I don't care about that. I don't think that they should have had the Walter match on here. I think that they should have put a different title on the line. Because this doesn't... It's not a takeover, so they didn't need it. I think that this should have been... Maybe... And arguably, maybe they didn't. Maybe they had it in a can and didn't know if they'd get Walter over. Maybe. Either way, it's it's disappointing that that spoils the Champa thing, but it doesn't spoil the Rampage Brown thing. Because he could have filmed himself losing the championship. That's fair. It's, it's tough because every time that I've thought Walter can't, uh, that he can possibly lose the championship, 
where it's like, oh, well, he might lose it to, to Tyler Bate. He might lose it to, you know, uh, Joe Coffey. He might lose it to this person or that person. I really thought that there was a good chance that he could lose it to Dragunov. And he keeps retaining. So well, I'm same like, thing with Kaylee Ray. Yeah, uh, she should have, in my mind, dropped that title a long time ago. And it got way past the point that it was, like, logical for her to drop it. So Rampage Brown, at one point in time, was... All right, I guess maybe he's the next one in line. And now he's getting a shot. And it feels like it's a little bit too early. So I'm. If this is the one time that I go, hey, Walter's going to retain and he loses, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) Yeah, if they're going with Rampage Brown now, I'd be kind of upset. I'd rather you go with Chompa in that case. But then again, part of me kind of thinks maybe they will do that. Maybe Walter signed a deal to go over to America. America. Yeah. Because they've been doing a lot more with Imperium, but Imperium isn't really doing anything. It kind of seems like they're like building up to something more so. Or maybe they're just, you know, dragging their ass and nothing's happening. But maybe Walter leaves and he goes to just regular NXT. That's a possibility. It didn't seem like it was before because he had said multiple times like he's not interested in doing that, but you know, things change. Look, we got most Jericho recently, going on Breaking Skull sessions. Like, think anything can happen. Most recently, he said, uh, "We'll see what happens. Wrestlers travel. That's what they do." There's part of me that says Walter's definitely not losing the title. He's not dropping it on TV. If that was the case, then they would try to fly Rampage Brown and have this take place on Takeover, just regular NXT Takeover. And then another part of me that goes, yeah, but then who beats him? Teoman? It's, yeah, I, I don't know. Because right now, Walter is on a level that nobody else is on. Yeah. So anything is going to feel like a downgrade. I mean, he's Same. held the championship longer than anybody in the past God knows how many years. He's had like 800 days or something. It's standing with um, Pete Dunn, but like Walter felt like an upgrade from Dunn. Yeah. Or at least equal. It made sense that he would lose it to somebody like Walter because Walter's a giant, powerful beast. But then, like, who else? You know, like, I can't kind of picture Harry Smith doing that necessarily. I don't know. I right now I'd like to see Harry Smith. Actually, if Harry Smith, if the payoff to Prelude is Harry Smith shows up, or the payoff to the Champa match, I'd be all right with it. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I did think that for a little bit, but shit, I thought for a while that Cesaro was going to go over and win the title. So I was dead <laughs> it, wrong it about that. Sense and- Granted, when we were saying that, it was a pre-pandemic world yeah. where Cesaro was doing nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have happened back then. Who knows? But I'm going to just play it safe and say Walter retains. I would agree with that. And then the last thing for us to do is just to see if there's anything else that we want to talk about. And we don't gonna, we're not going to break down everything that happened on the TV shows because we don't need to and this. It's already gone long enough as it is. But... I'll be honest, the AEW show, I skipped almost all of it. I didn't feel like watching it. I ended up 
having more fun watching Young Rock. There was a great beatdown segment. Uh, the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. The Inner Circle was hiding in a bathroom, which popped me just because a bunch of dudes hiding in a bathroom is funny to me. <laughs> and, uh, great stuff, though. Dax got cut open on the top of his head real bad. Uh, Christian looked great because he's never looked bad in the ring. And yeah. Next Nightmare week, family uh, exploded. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, Nick Camarado's now with QT Marshall and Aaron Solo and Anthony Gogo. And Cody doesn't feel like a big star right now, and I hate it. I mean, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Dallas for his coverage on that. It made me laugh when he had put down Brian Cage and Ricky Starks have a prickly moment backstage. <laughs> I was like, wait, what are they there? <laughs> then, I, I love the, the Brits and how they speak. <laughs> um, NXT, we got some stuff that was pretty interesting that we're going to talk a little bit more about when we get to the takeover predictions a little bit later on in a couple days or so. Like we established that LA Knight's going to be the last person in the Battle Royal, which is going to com- uh, consist of Leon Ruff, Isaiah Suarez Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, and Dexter Loomis in that order. So the only people that lost that were Tyler Rust and Jake Atlas, I think. Like the only yep. two that weren't... Uh, no, uh, Pete Dunne and Kushida, which they're going to have oh, a match. Yeah, because they're going to fight each other. Yeah, and Roderick Strong said he's done. He just left. You think he's popping up on uh, the unsanctioned match? I think he should. I'm expecting I, that at this point. I really... One thing I'm very excited for, perhaps too excited, given the current state of uh, music... Is O'Reilly and Cole having solo songs? What are they coming out to? We don't know. Yeah, that's true. We got a new name from somebody on NXT. The Aqua or AQA or something Arnold. I forget her name. Um, that they recently signed. She is going to go by the name Zeta Ramir. I don't like it. I don't hate I it. I don't like it. It's better I than if she would just be true. like, you know, Ashley Smith or something. I think we're very much in the era of Heath Slater, again, as far as names. I don't like the I'm just a guy, I'm just a girl names. What about the song? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just a girl. I remember the lyrics. I, I do like uh, Early No Doubt, though. Don't Speak. It's a great song. I said don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up for that one. <laughs> Love Don't Speak. It's a great song. I got a it's lounge a uh, version of it too. Because why not? Why not have some weird versions of everything, right? Oh yes. Um, Gonzalez beat the crap out of Io Shirai a bunch of times. Chan Sha disappointed that Mei Ying didn't do anything except for choke out Caden Carter. She put smoke in Caden uh, Carter's face. Yeah, I wanted to see her in the ring. That's metal in your lungs. <laughs> Tell you something about that later. And on the SmackDown side of things, I skipped Monday Night Raw, but we'll go back to that. On the SmackDown side of things, nothing really much going on there. They announced some of the things we talked about earlier and pretty much just said, like, hey, Logan Paul is going to be a thing and the women's division can have a quick two minute match and whatever. They're totally going to do what are they doing? Natty to me, the Riot Squad, um, Lana Naomi. And Brooke and 
Mandy? Uh, I've lost point at this point. Uh, lost uh, track at this point. It's all the tag teams that are an actual thing. At this I point. hope that they add Billy Kay and Carmel. It seems like that's where they're going. And Bailey for them. Bailey deserves a WrestleMania match. She did, she did too much during the pandemic to not be on the one show in front of people. If you're interested in my thoughts on that, check out my unsung heroes who deserve a WrestleMania moment article on Bleacher Report because she is on that list because she deserves a WrestleMania moment for holding the championship for like two fucking years. Even though I didn't like it, she deserves it. That's how she I'm fair. See? Fair to a fault. But we did get some introducing, introducing, some interesting, <laughs> uh, just completely not the right word there. I don't know where my brain went there. We did get some interesting new news about how they're taking the seventh match between Apollo Crews and Big E, and they're changing it up a little bit because it's going to be a Nigerian drum fight. I am intrigued as all hell because it sounds like it's just a no DQ match, but the fact that they're calling it that means they've got something planned, whether it's just some props or they've got like a, a weird, like, entrance to it that'll be kind of cool and i'm like you know what i didn't really care about seeing the seventh fight between them this year but i want to see what the nigerian drum fight's about <laughs> you know it's, it's a shame that i really think biggie's first moment in front of fans should be a win and it's gonna be a loss <laughs> uh, now that they introduced this idea i'm like you know what apollo might win i didn't think so before but now i'm kind of like uh he might I'm uh, speaking of New Day. I'm so stoked for the Raw Tag match. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be, be fun. fun. I think that's going to be the opening match. I, I I have thoughts, but we'll get there. I looked at the card earlier, and I was thinking, you know, if they they have this whole idea of the first match needs to be something that's going to pop people. Part of me thinks that it might be the New Day. You talking because... about the first match on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be Drew versus Lashley. Might be that. If they want to just get that out of the way, have Drew McIntyre win. Although, if that ends up being that people boo, then that's going to be a bad start to WrestleMania. But, yeah, but McIntyre kept saying, I want to be the first dude out the curtain. He has to be the first dude out the curtain. Oh, he's been and saying that? He's been saying that since before he beat Lesnar. Huh. Somehow I did not know that. So, if that's the case, then yeah, it's going to be that. Well, at <laughs> least it should be because, like, that's the easiest way to kill so many birds with that one stone. You know, like, it makes perfect sense because you do that, you say, well, we're giving you a prominent spot, and at the same time, that opens up Bianca and, and Banks for the main, for the main event. event. Yep. All right. It's guaranteed going to be that then. 100%. There you go. We sorted it out. See, it's not hard to do these things. <laughs> no, it's really not. It only takes a few minutes, and that says to the guy that has no minutes in the day. <laughs> Anything on Raw that happened, though? I don't think that there's anything I that I felt like talking anything about. Anything on Raw, except for what I had sent you in the Skype chat. Uh, looking at the WrestleMania poster, Damien Priest looks like they took his head and put it <laughs> on Undertaker's body with Sting. Or maybe just be Sting's body. Because look at the gloves. And I sent you a Sting graphic to compare this to. Take a look at this. Because Damien Priest doesn't wear a trench coat or those gloves. Yeah, it's definitely not the same one, but it's very similar. 
that's not him, right? They, they, they <laughs> had that for somebody else and put his head on it. It's Damien Breeze. <laughs> it's going to have Teddy Schiavone. Yeah. <laughs> Damien used to be a snake. They bite. So maybe if he can't be Sting, he'd just be called Bite. <laughs> well, Randy's already on the poster. He's a viper. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, this happened on Raw. We furthered the idea that the only build for Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman is him saying, And they had a terrible thing with the report card and all that. A D plus. They're going to have a steel cage match, which to me, I hate. Because you know how it's going to end. Was it you or was it Wago? It was Wago. Yeah, he's totally right. You know that, right? He's 100% right. And we'll talk about this on the predictions a little bit, but just to let you guys know ahead of time, this is how this is going to work. WWE booked two people who are better off using weapons and being able to go around the ring, including a guy whose gimmick is to run around the ring and they put them inside the ring with the inability to leave the ring. How is that they'll get all? They'll get the shit outside the ring first because Shane will run around. It's and- just that that's a bad way of booking it, I think, but it's all going to end with, Shane McMahon is climbing on that side and uh, Braun Strowman is going to throw him off so he can fall under the table and he'll technically win. So he could be like, oh, you idiot. You're such an idiot. You threw me and I won. So he's either going to choke slam him or he's going to legitimately rip that side of the cage off and throw him backwards through a table. It's one of the things. He's throwing... Shane in some fashion through a table through yeah Shane's gonna win this because of a technicality and then that way stupid and they'll wrestle out money in the bank uh uh-huh they'll get a whole nother thing out of it and he'll say that he's stupid for doing that and Braun will look strong because he lost but he only lost because he took the guy out that's when we get to the point uh, where we go well we don't need to watch five weeks of this because we could skip to the end you know and then they'll do money in the bank and it'll be like uh no DQ or something. It'll be a last they, man standing match or whatever. That way they can run around the ring properly and he can run into things and you know. There you go. It's just we, we just booked you through money in the bank. Uh, yeah. You, you want me to get you even further? I know for a fact Kevin Owens is gonna be in that ladder match. He's been talking about money in the bank on Talk Smack for two weeks. So that's there you go. <laughs> Put that in there, put uh, Sami Zayn in there, or have a number, right, right. Uh, a Sami contenders Zane match or something, you know, because qualifying match. Sami's got to be in there because Kevin will be in there. Put Cesaro in there. Uh, why are we looking at Listen, it's just easy to go there. <laughs> it only takes a few minutes. <laughs> Again, really it only takes a few minutes to do a lot of the planning that WWE doesn't seem like they want to do sometimes. But hey, you know, somebody out there, they took a, a split second. To say, how about he says Braun a bunch of times, and they said, "Well, I'm done for a month," and then they moved on, and we still have no gimmick match for Orton and Wyatt at oh, WrestleMania. Okay. Another fucking thing that Tony was like, "Oh, you guys will see. You think it's gonna be a Firefly Funhouse match, <laughs> but it's actually just gonna be a normal match, and that's gonna extend to Money in the Bank just so they can get another match of it." Thanks. Pal. You're welcome. <laughs> 
you're welcome. All right. It's just, <laughs> or you know what they'll do if they do anything different, they'll wait until this Monday to go. And you know what? We're going to fight in a firefly funhouse match or whatever they call it. And then it'll just be like, Oh my God, did you see it changed? Cause everything will change for the whatever. And, but I'm like, it's, it doesn't matter. Give me something interesting. Book those two in the Nigerian drum fight match. I don't know. I don't know if that fits their character, but yeah. That's that would be the most interesting part about it. I'd be like, this doesn't make any sense. How are you gonna do this? But then again, we had Undertaker versus Big Show in a Punjabi prison, so you know. <laughs> and we got hey hey hop hop. That sucked. Yeah. Not a fan. But the biggest thing that I'm not a fan of. Broke up the hurt business. Stupid. Full blown Ryback. Stupid. Full blown dumb. How do you take the best thing that has happened to these four people's careers, arguably, and the thing that set Bobby Lashley back on track and saved Shelton's career and saved Cedric's career? who could be backups for this guy, who can make it easy for you to book matches. And he got rid of it. I would really, really love to hear the actual justification that they think is going on. Cause I can't imagine that there's an argument for it. What is the benefit? So Fightful Select reported that MVP and Lashley weren't happy about it. And they let Vince know and Vince was adamant about doing it. I think the justification is it's very simple. Vince has always been a fan of Lashley. Vince likes MVP. Vince probably felt like Shelton was serviceable. And I don't think Vince was ever really a fan of Cedric. And it makes Lashley look stronger that he's saying, I don't need you. I think that's the way they're looking at it. It's like, damn it, that's too entertaining. Yeah, it makes too much sense. It's too different to see these well-dressed, successful black men. Now, I'm not, I'm not going there and say that like Vince was trying to split up the well-dressed, successful black men. No, I don't think I, that's I, part of it. I just genuinely think that that was too unique of a visual to let it last for a long time. Because was it like the next week they lost the belts, <laughs> and the week after that they split them up? Come on. I think that it's a matter of kind of like what you said, where he's like, well, it'll make Bobby Lashley look like he's an even bigger star if he doesn't need these other people. And maybe there's a justification in their mind that they think that it's too cool of a group. So if he gets rid of them, then people will boo Lashley because they'll be mad at Lashley for getting rid of them. But it's like, no, they're going to be mad at Vince. The problem is you can't think like that anymore. Everything's exposed. Mm-hmm. So I think I it's a, it. a very, very bad mistake. And this I hope that it's one of those things like the uh what well, god, what do they call them? The uh the Viking experience where they do that and then within the next week people just go, Yeah, that's stupid. Looks like that's never a thing. I hope somebody comes across some rational sense and they keep the her business together. I don't think it's happening, though. I think that they're done. Is this the worst booked title match in the history of WrestleMania? 
No. What? I'm sure that there's worse ones. I can can't think of a whole lot offhand, but I know that there wasn't a whole lot of support on my end for Edge versus John Cena versus Big Show. I didn't like that one either. That one's very close. But at least that wasn't the top match that night, and it wasn't like the oh. big belt. Na- I'll tell you one more one match that's uh worst book title match in WrestleMania. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, that's that's way worse than the Bobby Lashley one. That's fair. I'll give you that. At least Lashley beat up McIntyre so he could lose the title and all that, whereas Belair and Banks are arguing about Carmella's sommelier. <laughs> yeah. You feel like I do in that if Roman Reigns loses this belt, he's going to go to Raw because they can't leave well enough alone when it comes to good things on SmackDown. It wouldn't shock me. There's a good amount of chance that he does that because then he can beat Drew McIntyre. And then it can be like, all right, the main story is on the A show again. Yep. And when The Rock comes back, he'll do the A show. Yep. Wouldn't shock me. I'm I'm beginning to get that vibe. I'm sure they're not going to do a superstar shakeup after Mania, but if they do, I think Roman loses and just goes straight to Raw. For that matter, it seems like they're trying to do that with Corbin already. Yeah, what is that? Just moving him over to Raw so that way he can be somebody that McIntyre can fight. And by the um, way, for anybody who's wondering, he's not in the Hurt Business. You idiots. <laughs> I know some people are just like, why would they put him in the Hurt Business? He's not in the Hurt Business. They broke up the Hurt Business and they're going, hey, remember that Corbin and Lashley and McIntyre thing that we had for a long right, time? I'm not going to lie. I do appreciate that callback because those three dudes couldn't get away from each other. It's a shame that they couldn't get away from each other. They became the fodder for the shield and like every other baby face. We're in a weird time right now. That's for sure. We've got Jericho on Broken Skull Sessions. We got WrestleMania coming up. I don't know what to think about it, but you're going to get a nice insight to Rob and I are like... um. Meltdown. Oh yeah, like because uh, we're gonna do more podcasts this week than this has ever been. So, and we're gonna do them live for a lot of the post shows and everything. So, when it comes to that, you'll see some moments where you know that's that that thing from um, I forget which episode exactly it is. I'm blanking on. I shouldn't know this because I know The Simpsons pretty damn well. But that one thing where Krusty, uh, he's like giving out all the. Uh, the Olympics free crusty yeah. burgers and it's like if you know every time that they win a gold medal you can get a free crusty burger or something and then it's like the Olympics where they won like everything so it cuts to crusty and he's just like you people are pigs ah <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> this is gonna be a moment where I'm just kind of like I'm tired of wrestling oh my god <laughs> I so I will announce right now I do not think I'll be on the smart out moment post-show for Mania, because I think I'm going to be doing those two nights over on for Fightful. But you guys know that we are, we always do long hot tags, and you're going to hear what I have to say about WrestleMania 37 at some point. <laughs> and 
I'm looking forward to everything else. I'm looking forward to take over with you guys. I'm looking forward to prelude. And at some point, you're going to hear us just go, bah, please stop changing things. Because you know everything's going to change. You Better know, TakeOver is going to be one of those shows where it's crazy because we're entering a new era on Tuesday nights. I'm okay yeah. with them changing things in the sense of, like, if we crown new champions and stuff. I just don't want them to change things and go, by the way, half the matches of the card are now different or something. That'll drive me hey, insane. COVID. COVID is always a possibility. It is, and that makes me so nervous. <laughs> you have no idea how nervous I am that I did a whole bunch of work for nothing. But if that happens, we'll cross that bridge. I might stumble. I might fall off of it. I might jump off of it. I don't know. And then, <laughs> you know, we'll do deal with whatever we're going to deal with. And hopefully you guys will join us for the ride. And hopefully you'll enjoy all the podcasts that are coming your way. The next time you're going to be hearing from us is going to be dependent upon whether or not you listen to the Fanboys Anonymous stuff or you listen to Justice Mark and Moment stuff. But we've got another episode of all the usual stuff coming your way. You know, obviously like Rob mentioned at some point in the week, we're going to do the hot tag. So that'll be ours like last go home kind of thing for WrestleMania. And before we do all that, we'll be doing the post shows for the different shows. We'll be doing the takeover predictions and the WrestleMania predictions and everything in these next couple of days. We'll also be doing that Mount Rushmore for the family's anonymous stuff and whatever else is coming. You should know that by subscribing to the YouTube channels and following the Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure that you check out those contests that are going on. Hit up the Patreon. Vote on the Smart Madness tournament. Follow what we've got going on the outside spectrums and the inside things. I'm at Tony Mango. Rob's that dude, Felice. Yeah, and you can check out everything I got going on at Fightful.com. I just alluded to it. I'll be on their post-show for Mania Night 1 and Night 2. I'll be on the Wednesday night post-show going forward with Maybe still Alex Kulowski, but definitely Sean Ross Sapp and myself. Check out my interview with Gregory Iron. Check out uh, WrestleZone.com. I'm sure they've got some great stuff. There's so much content to consume. Not all of it can be consumed. Just, just enjoy the ride because at the end of the day, it is a really fun week. It's just hectic. <laughs> Uh, at the end of this week, there might be this kind of necessity to do some weird things. We might be like, you know what? We're doing more of the Pokemon battling or something <laughs> just to kind of. I'm going to call Tony at like two in the morning on a Friday. Hey, let's let's watch the final four match and like record it. I'm going to be like, no wrestling. <laughs> just, uh, that's true. I'll be like, no, I'm going to watch Spider-Man instead or something <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> I've been trying to get Tony to watch all of Batman the Animated Series again, <laughs> but for the podcast, give uh, me an excuse to watch it. Patreon.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. <laughs> I'll watch it either way, but you know, <laughs> give me an excuse. Well, you are excused, everybody. That's the end of this podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you have a great weekend and a great WrestleMania week, and we will see you when we see you. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.